The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lakes on North Limestone. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a big day here at Off the Cuff because today, this broadcast marks the 100th broadcast of Off the Cuff. I cannot believe it. It has been two years, Amber, since you and I started broadcasting from the radio. I, I, you know, I'm still sitting here wondering why you've let me do this for two years. Uh, well, I, I tell you, I'm still trying to figure that out as well. But I have enjoyed, oh. I have enjoyed doing this show with you so much. I've enjoyed just doing this show on the air, on the radio, because this show has been around for a while. A while. But we've only been on the radio for two years. Yeah. And I can remember that first day like it was yesterday. Buddy, I can too. <laughs> I, I remember just the intensity. It wasn't like it was nerves. It was just intensity. It was just, there was so much, I had been waiting for it my entire life. Mm-hmm. So just the anticipation up to that point, I just, I can't describe that feeling. I had never had a feeling like that in my life. And I'd done TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, not up to that point, but I've done TV since, and I'll tell you, there's still nothing more exhilarating than going live on the radio. Well, you know, I know we've talked about it before, but, you know, I just want to make sure people know that, you know, on our first broadcast, I was not initially supposed to uh, be joining you live on the microphone. I was just going to be sitting awkwardly in the corner just for moral support, remember? Yeah, because I was still trying to figure out how I wanted to format the radio show. And then we sit down and yeah, here we are. Because I, I did not know if I wanted to do the show solo. I didn't know if I wanted to have a co-host. I didn't know if I wanted a co-host every episode. I, I didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. And then Amber, uh, who does the show with me now, uh, <laughs> she she came for moral support. I was. Pretty I was much. that creep in the corner. <laughs> she came for moral support just to sit in the studio with me as I broadcast it. And I said, pretty much on the way over, I said, how about you? No, it was not even on the way over. It was literally when we walked, we just graced the door. Yeah, it's like we, you walked in. I was like, how about you just sit down and let me just give me somebody to feed off of yeah you actually i think you said just sit across from me and let me look at you to act like i'm talking to you and i said oh, okay you said well if i turn your mic on would that be okay and i was like wall yeah and then all of a sudden it just it blossomed into what it is it did but so much has happened i can't believe uh so much has happened uh the way it has over the last two years i have so much to be thankful for i want to say first of all thank you to radio lex thank you to mark and victor our producers Woo. our our, our our bosses here at the station couldn't ask for two better people to work for. Uh, I, amen. 
I think they're great at their craft, and uh, without them, uh, we wouldn't be here. So thank you to Mark and Victor. Thank you to, like I said, Radio Lex, the community, and the listeners, because without the listeners, there would be no off-the-cuff. Well, there would be an off-the-cuff. I don't know if it would be as fun. Right. There would be off-the-cuff, but how fun has the interaction been getting to incorporate the live stream that we have now. I honestly, you know, I, and again, that was one of them things. We didn't know that this was yeah. going to be something that was going to be a, an intricate part. No, of, we didn't know Facebook live stream was going to be a part of the show where we could actually interact with our audience live on the no. air. No, we have the ability now to accept phone callers. So much has changed. We don't, though. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, we turn the phone on sometimes because if I do turn the phone on, it will ring. It rings every time. Every time. So I, I usually keep it off because I don't want to get distracted from my <laughs> topics, but occasionally we open it up. And you know what? Since it is, Amber, uh-huh. the 100th radio broadcast. Oh, you're going to do it, aren't you? Not the first segment, but maybe <laughs> in segment three, I'm going to open up just the phone line just for callers to call in. Yeah. Yeah, just to call in and, okay. say, and say, Heller. Well, if I step out in the hallway and call in, does that <laughs> You might have to do that because now I put so much pressure because now I'm going to open the phone lines up and nobody's going to call. <laughs> Please somebody call. But we've had so many special guests since we have started broadcasting on the radio. We had Terry Reynolds come on the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Terry Reynolds, WWE legend, beautiful Terry Reynolds. Uh, that was probably one of my, I think, that the traction that she brought to the show. Yes. The traction. I'm talking about the audience because that wrestling fan base is crazy. Oh, yeah, we are. And, and I can say that because we are a part of it. But she brought so much traction to the show. That was a big part of it. And uh, I'm big on clips. I'm big on playing things <laughs> that has happened from the past. So here, ladies and gentlemen, is a clip of the Terry Reynolds interview that Amber and I did back in June of, of 2020. I had no respect for Sable because of the mother she was. I I didn't agree with the way she would leave and go on the road with Mark, her husband at the time, for 18 days, 12 days, and leave her daughter at home. When I signed my contract with Vince, I said, I'm a mom first, I'm a wife second. That's just a little little, uh, sneak peek of the Terry Reynolds interview. You can check that out in our archives. Another interview I really enjoyed doing since we've been on the radio, another guest that we had was my friend Sam Whitehead. Yeah. Came on the show. And what I loved about Whitehead coming on the show was just the energy that he brought. But he told the audience what it was like to go on a game show. So okay, so you went to the prices right and you walked in. Tell me what it what goes into them selecting somebody to come on down. What goes into that process? Well, uh, that's interesting because you know everybody always thinks that it's just at random, but uh, there actually is somewhat of an audition process. So like you'll uh, after you go through this little line and you sign all this paperwork, you'll take a picture and then you'll come down this rail. So like thir- uh, three hundred people go in the studio at a time. And they bring you down this rail like in chalks of 30. And uh, this producer will just kind of come down the line and say, Hey, what do you do for a living? Um, where are you from? Do you watch The Price of Right every day? What's your favorite game on there? And, I mean, you just got, you know, 10 seconds to shine, really. And if you seem like an excitable person or whatever, uh, they'll they'll call you down. So I, they I thought that know was cool. Time, because, you, I mean, people wonder all the time, how do you get 
called to come on down. Well, yeah. And what had told us. Uh, we also had uh, my uh, old high school teacher, Kathy Conley, come on the show. Uh, Dan Pauly came on the show. Boy Moy Bueno came on the show. Uh, Zach Hall came on the show, who has been on so many different... Uh, I think he's got uh, maybe Bigfoot rolling right now on Discovery. Bigfoot Expedition, yes, on Discovery. Will Muse. Uh, musical artist Will Muse, Baby Cakes, uh, who owns the Cupcake Store, Denise Shepard, she's an author, big fan of the show, Kayla Brown as a nurse, she came on and talked about uh, being a traveling nurse during the pandemic, Patty Starr, a ghost hunter, yes. came on the show, uh, Martin Dungan. Hey, Martin! Yeah, yeah the Across manager, the, the manager of... Uh, Terry, uh, Terry Reynolds, Reynolds. Jackie. Jackie, so many wrestlers. Uh, the band City Awake came on the show. Angela Horn came on the show to talk about foster care. Uh, Judge David Barber came Woo. on the show. And let me just say, after his appearance on Off the Cuff, he won by a landslide. He won by a landslide, <laughs> he won, y'all. He won by a landslide. And also... Do you remember the band Benyo that came on the yes, show? Yes, I loved those guys. I love those guys, too. And what I loved about Benyo coming on the show, Ember, was that one of the band members freestyled. Hey, that was one of the best freestyles I'd ever heard. You like Rick Ross? Yeah. Yeah. I got some instrumental. Like, if I was to play you some uh, Rick Ross instrumental. Can you give me yeah, something? That's cool. That's cool. I give you a little song, you know. You gotta get that EP coming out uh, soon, you know what I'm talking about? Back to the basics. Back to the basics. Okay. Hey, look, chipping on my shoulder, wanted cheese on my Doritos. Uh-huh. Early in the morning, I'm up on it. This ain't Ebro. Okay. Make it out the hood without a cape. I'm and his, still a and his partner was feeling it, too. <laughs> I no was feeling it. Go. Yeah. Take it back. You know I went crazy. Yes, and I also want to say thank you to uh, Chad, Zach, Jordan for contributing to the annual March Madness special that we have every year. Uh, so being a part of the professional sports desk, allowing Off the Cuff to have a, a special series. Uh, so, just everybody that has been a part of it. You're and, forgetting the big one. Well, I saved the best for last. And, Amber, that is you. Oh, I was talking about Wally. That's you I'm talking about. And I will say, Amber, that this is radio broadcast 100. You've been on 95 of the broadcasts. Mm-hmm. 95 of them. That's more than anybody that's come on the show. And I just want <laughs> to say that, you know, you, you made, you know, jokes talking about uh, you don't know why I let you on the show for as long as I have and all that but I honestly to now I don't know if I'd want to do it without you <laughs> well thank you and I, I couldn't see myself doing it without you you know radio is a passion of mine and I allowed you and I don't want to say allowed you but well I guess I, I did mean, essentially, I, yeah. I, I allowed you to share that passion with me and you've just done it and picked it up so flawlessly and I feel like that the connection that I have with you on the air, it's unmatched. And I just want to say that it is a pleasure every single week to do the show with you. Thank you. And you guys know he's going to try to make me cry today on the air. But uh, just before uh, we get off showing the clips of just past episodes and former radio broadcast, let me go ahead and play the first radio broadcast that we ever broadcasted just two years ago 
April 18th, 2019. My name is Adam Banks, and I'm the guy you heard introduced at the beginning of the show. I am the host of Off the Cuff. But before I go any further, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio, I would like to introduce my lovely co-host, the incomparable Amber Turner. Amber, can you believe that we are sitting here in an actual studio doing a live broadcast of Off the Cuff? You know, on the drive over here, I was extremely nervous, but I kept looking at you, and you just had this stone face, and I knew everything was going to go awesome. And I just, I'm so proud of you. It looks like you have a little bit of tears in your eyes. You know, I feel like this is just a long time coming. You have worked so hard to engage everybody with the podcast and you've made sure to incorporate as many of the people that you were talking about earlier, you know, the people who have been with you since the beginning into the show. And I won't speak for all of us, but, you know, I'm thankful that I get to be on this ride with you. Well, I I wouldn't want it any other way. And a lot of people... People kept asking. So two years later, I will say the same thing. I wouldn't want it any other way. But happy two years of the radio broadcast and happy 100th radio broadcast uh, to you, Amber. Well, I guess happy two years to you. Happy 100th broadcast to you. And uh, thank you. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than thank you. You're very welcome. And I love this medium so much. I love radio. I mean, the importance of radio. It's just so important. I don't think people understand the importance of radio. Or maybe you do. But ever since the inception of radio nearly 100 years ago, I mean, people have been predicting the demise of radio for radio just to go away. But it has found a way to always uh, make it through. Mm-hmm. They have always found a way to be adaptable to the technologies. And in the marketplace, they have found a way to to stay relevant with streaming. And now podcasting is a part of radio. It's all just one big family because off the cuff, after we are a radio show, it just turns into a podcast. Yeah. So it's just all just one big happy family, uh, just all correlated together, the importance of radio. You know, radio used to be how people got their breaking news. Yes, I can remember, you know, that's the only way we got some breaking news back home. We didn't have the internet and things like that when we were growing up. The radio is where you went. Right. And uh, it wasn't until after World War II that television got really big. But before that, it was all radio. And then radio has still stood the test of time. And we've talked about the decline of cable TV. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the decline of cable TV. And uh, who would have thought that... TV would almost die before radio. <laughs> I, probably not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Radio's free. You don't have to pay for radio, it, especially if you have a wind-up radio. All <laughs> like, you, like me. All you got to do is wind it up. So you don't have to pay for it. You got to pay for television. You don't got to pay for radio. So it's one of those things that it's so important to have. And I think if the world was ending and there was one medium left for people to have, it's going to be radio. That's how durable it is. Well, isn't in all the zombie movies, isn't that usually how people are talking over the radio, putting out radio signals? Like a CB radio. Yeah, we're going to outstand it. We are. and But I love the radio. I've I've always grew up listening to it. Some of my favorite shows, of course, is uh, Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Laura. Did you ever listen to Dr. Laura? <laughs> I did listen to Dr. Laura a little bit. Hateful woman. But <laughs> I love her. She's so entertaining. She's one of these people you... She accepts your calls and then she gives you advice. Oh. She's a psychologist. Well... And she is 
Woo! <laughs> she takes no punches. She's about 75 years old, but I swear she tells it like it is. Well? Dr. Laura, I find her show fascinating. Elvis Duran in the morning, I listen to that show. Uh, I feel like that a lot of the stuff we do, I feel like we're the afternoon version of that show. Actually, we might be the afternoon version of uh, <laughs> a well, lot of shows. A lot of shows. I don't want to say we're the afternoon version of Howard Stern. No, absolutely he's, not. He's still pretty raunchy. Yeah. Even in his old age. But what are some of the shows you used to grow up listening to? Um, definitely Howard Stern and Delilah. Delilah. I loved her. She came on um, usually around nine and she would talk like this into the microphone. Ooh. She was very sultry. She always played Bangers. Yeah. Well, so was it music or talk? Um, it was a combination of both. And it was uh, at night time. It was at night time. She kind of, you know, uh, there are times that we usually don't take our song of the week break. And we've said this before. Song of the week is just a break for us to catch our breath. Um, and I think that, that that's kind of what she did. Because you you could call in. You could send in letters. I love that. I, that's something we need to start. Have people send us emails and letters in. Uh, but she would read them over the air and then give you advice. That's cool. And she came on at night, which nighttime is a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, morning, uh, afternoon, it's all different vibes. But ladies and gentlemen, we got to take our first break. Stick with us. We got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Wow, uh huh. It's too good. The secret is out and wow. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. This is radio broadcast 100, a big milestone for Off the Cuff. Looking at the show thread, getting so many congratulatory comments. Uh, Ryan Mullins on the show thread says, You've had some good guests, I've noticed. I've not been one of them, though. Ryan, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time, so I don't want to hear it. Kathy says, Hey, homies, how you guys doing? It's about time for some excitement in Lexington. Let's get together. Love your show. Uh, And uh, Zach says, Congratulations on the milestone. So thank you, Zach, for that. It's uh, so much, man, so much. Very excited to uh, be here and be uh, reading all of your comments. It's uh, I'm overwhelmed with just the love and admiration uh, from everybody. So thank you so, so much. We were talking about time slots. You were mm-hmm. talking about that Delilah. Delilah who was on the night. Dr. Laura, I believe she came on in the afternoon. Howard Stern comes on in the morning, mm-hmm. which he used to be afternoon. But, you know, you notice that when Howard Stern did afternoon and now he does morning – it kind of changed a little bit of the format. Like, the vibe changed a little bit. Yeah, well... Just a tad. Well, it was nasty back then. It was nasty now, so... Well, what I mean by that is, you know, you have to think. Naturally, people are different at different times of the day. Yeah. People, uh, you know, some people aren't morning people. Uh, That's me. (laughs) And some people uh, just, they think better and they're more, they're firing on all cylinders in the afternoon. That's more us. So I I am glad that we have that 4 p.m. time slot. It's grown on me over the years. You know, I remember trying to fight you. On that time slot. Do you remember that? Because I think there was like a, maybe a five o'clock and and you were bouncing and I was like, let's take that. And you were like, no, this is the money. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you did not listen to me. Four o'clock. The reason I chose four o'clock is because in the United States, there's these things called uh, drive time. And it consists of the morning hours when listeners wake up, get ready and head to work or go to school. And the afternoon hours when they are heading home 
from work and school and before their evening meal. Morning drive times typically include 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Afternoon drives typically include 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. So any time between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. is prime time radio that's the prime time s- slots you want to have. Yeah. So we're on during the prime time slots of radio. Hey, I think this is the primest of prime right here. I mean, and that's according to Nielsen, who does all the ratings. So I'm not just BSing you here. And I, one day, I wouldn't mind trying another time slot Yeah. just to see how it went. But I think that we, this has just grown on us. And I feel like our listeners have got used to this time slot. Oh, yeah. And uh, But you never know. When you switch time slots, it could open up a whole new audience. Didn't we talk about doing a late night off the cuff one time? We, I think we threw that out there. We did. We did. We talked about doing off the cuff late night, yeah. which was a little bit more risque. <laughs> but it would bring in a new audience. Now, of course, I would want our afternoon audience to come with us. Yeah. But uh, it, it would be interesting to see uh, how it would change because I'm telling you the energy... The energy does change. But, Amber, it's a celebratory moment. I'm so excited. And we're going to take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. Sit back, relax, roll down them windows. And we will be right back after the song with a little Wizards of Bushwick featuring Sir Sly, The Knox. Enjoy. We'll be back after the song. The whole world was gathered around their television set to hear the verdict of Derek Chauvin and the death of George Floyd. The verdict? Guilty. On all charges, he is the former Minneapolis police officer named Derek Chauvin. He was convicted on all charges for the death of George Floyd. All I want to say is, duh, did people really think that he was going to get found not guilty? We watched him murder a man on camera. Mm -hmm. We seen it with our own eyes. Mm -hmm. We watched it. Mm -hmm. That was the easiest. That would have been the easiest guilty I could have ever made right there. Guilty, 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 guilty. We seen it. Well, and it wasn't even that. But, you know, I just, you know, I started looking into who he was as a person and, you know, just kind of some of the things that happened, you know, after the death of Mr. Floyd. And, you know, one of the things that rang out to me, do you remember, Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore? Yeah. Okay, so he went to jail for tax evasion. And I remember people wanted to string him up and put him out to dry. They were over it. Mm. But, you know, Mr. Chauvin also was convicted of tax fraud. I think in 2020, I think he started going through the process. And I just, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, here is a man that we physically, every person in this world has watched that video now. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're living under a rock, Correct. you've seen that video. Yep. So we've watched you kill someone and you also evaded your taxes, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody wanted him to go home. But Mike, the situation, all he done was tax evasion, and people wanted to hang him up and dry him out. I think that right there just kind of goes to show that um, we like to put narratives how they fit our personal beliefs. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, people turn this into a police versus, you know, people, police versus, you know, African-Americans. Well, at the end of the day, it was just a man that killed another man because we're yes. all human beings. And I'll t- I'll say, you know, when he was laying George Floyd on the ground and Derek... Hollering for his mother. Hollering for his mom. Derek Chauvin had his knee on his neck. And when he said, I can't breathe... When he realized, when when Chauvin realized that George Floyd couldn't breathe, when when George Floyd said, I can't breathe, because 
You know, when you, I don't know if you've ever not been able to breathe. Yeah, you've you knocked the breath out of me one if time. If you've ever had the breath knocked out of you, it's terrible mm-hmm. and it's scary. And the fact that, you know, Chauvin wouldn't even make the position a little bit more comfortable for him because the man was handcuffed, George mm-hmm. Floyd was handcuffed, no longer a threat, it just proves that he straight up murdered. Now, did he think that he was going to die? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, it, but, but at this point, at this point, he died. You took a life that was, uh-huh. it was unnecessary. Y- yes, George Floyd, he, he was, what, using counterfeit money at a, at a, at a store? Wow. Uh, what, what was he? Uh, Wasn't it like a $20 bill? Something like that. Irregardless, yes, should he have been arrested? Probably. Well, yeah. Uh, illegal, using counterfeit money, can't do that. But you don't handcuff somebody, put them on the ground to where they can't breathe. And when they tell you, man, I can't breathe, that's probably because they can't breathe. Exactly. So and you don't keep applying the pressure. So happy to see him uh, charged. Uh, he is going to, and found guilty, uh, he faces up to 40 years in prison for second-degree murder, up to 25 years for third-degree murder, and up to 10 years for second-degree uh, manslaughter. Don't really understand all these different murders that he's getting charged for because it's just uh, one person. I'm sure somebody uh, has broke that down on one of the channels. Yes. and uh, But it's. I think that uh, what else can the jury do? That's all they could do was find him guilty. Well, you know, and but, if they wouldn't have found him guilty, look at what that would have opened up. We have to have accountability. I don't care if you're a police officer, if you're a physician, if you're an attorney. I don't care who you are. Accountability. And that's what it was all about at the end of the day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back after these words. Stick with us. Everybody to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks, broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here in Radio Links. The greatest of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's had a lot of theme musics throughout the years. This might be the best. This is my favorite. This might be the best. The Disturbed version that he used. Stone Cold Steve Austin, anybody that knows anything about me, they know that Stone Cold Steve Austin is my favorite athlete of all time. Your favorite person My favorite of all time. wrestler of all time. He might be my favorite human being of all time. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin, the man, the wrestler, everything about him. And... I'm so happy that I now have an excuse, Amber, to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> As if you needed an excuse. Come on. Well, A&E is showing these uh, documentaries over the next eight Sundays. And they're showing documentaries uh, that involve uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. There's one over Rowdy Roddy Piper. There's one over the Macho Man. There's one over Booker T. There's one over Shawn Michaels. There's one over Mick Foley. There's one over Ultimate Warrior. And there's one over Bret Hart. The first one they aired was on April 18th, and it covered Stone Cold Steve Austin. And like I said, Stone Cold, he's my favorite of all time. <laughs> he's, And I honestly will say that I feel like he is the greatest of all time. I feel like that of... As far as when it comes to wrestlers. Yeah. Yes. Now, I used to go back and forth. Who's the greatest when it comes right down to it, when it 
all comes out in the wash who's the greatest, Hogan or Austin. I'm just going to have to say Austin beats him by just a smidge, but he beats him. Yeah. And he's the greatest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hogan, he catapulted, he he put WWE on the map, but man, Stone Cold Steve Austin came and shook things up and saved it from going out of business. Hogan might have put it there, but Austin kept it there. He did. The foul mouth, beer-swilling SOB. I mean, he was the former WWE champ, intercontinental champ, tag team champ, king of the ring, a three-time Royal Rumble winner. But it's really, Amber, also the documentary, yeah, it covers a lot of a lot of stuff, but it really doesn't cover a lot of wrestling in the documentary. Now, you, oh, haven't, you haven't seen the documentary, I'm have you? I'm not. A&E hates me and won't put it on the app. It really wasn't focused on wrestling. Uh, the Stone Cold documentary talks about really the man inside the character, and it shows a personal insight into how it all went down for him in his career. Yeah. So the documentary really showed some things that, not even I had seen. Yeah. It's like footage that I hadn't seen. And I thought I had owned every Stone Cold VHS that ever was created. <laughs> I thought I had recorded every match that Austin had since he joined the WWF. But it was showing a lot of backstage footage that I hadn't seen. Okay. And I love when I can watch backstage footage. But uh, we hear from the man himself in this documentary, and he opens up about things that he never opened up about. So I want to talk about my biggest takeaways from the Stone Cold documentary that aired on A&E. He talked about what it was like going from living in a car and eating cans of tuna fish and raw potatoes to being a pop culture icon. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you something. The wrestling business, Amber, it's not easy. I know. <laughs> and back in the day, it was even harder. Oh, they yes. They had to live from pillar to post, and they had to drive everywhere, and they didn't get paid for anything. No. And when they did, it was peanuts. Yes. Uh, and he talked about just his rise to uh, f- really starting from the bottom to going to the top. Yeah. So he talked about that. Uh, he talked about his uh, accident with Owen Hart, when Owen Hart bruised his spinal cord. Yeah. Uh, Because he did say in the documentary, Owen didn't break his neck, but Owen bruised his spinal cord. Yeah. When Owen Hart did a pile driver the wrong way. A botched. A botched pile driver. But uh, his brother, Stone Cold's brother in the documentary, talks about it and immediately starts crying. And he says that he can't... He says it's been... You know, 25 years since this, this since it's happened, but just the thought of his uh, older brother getting paralyzed brings him to tears. Oh, I'm sure. And he says he can't talk about it. Stone Cold talks about his daughters in this documentary. Wow. Yes. And one of the things that really stood out to me, because, you know, Stone Cold's a very private guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't really ever hear him talking about family. No. You don't hear him talking about it, his his uh, wives. You don't hear him talking about his kids. I mean, and even today, if you follow him on social media, do you ever see Stone Cold just even grilling out with his wife? No, it's usually Hershey and Moolah. His dogs. Yeah. But he never, you would think he lives alone and he only speaks to himself. And those two dogs. You would only think that, right? Yeah. Well, he says that's what he says what you see is what you get he says he is a loner oh he, he is married and he does has has kids but he says he's always preferred to do things and be by himself wow and he talks about that and he talks about the strained relationship that he had uh with his uh with his daughters and he said that his wife took them over to england mm-hmm. because 
uh, they just went for vacation. And he says his ex, his wife uh, was not a big fan of flying. So she just decided she wanted to stay over there. Oh. She just wanted to stay. She said, what's the big deal, Steve? You travel all the time anyway. What's it matter if we're in Texas or England? Yeah. And he said, okay. So they stayed. And he said he was talking to his daughter one time on the phone. And he said that she used to have a real Texas accent like him. Yeah. He said, but he was talking to her on the phone and he could hear a British accent coming out in her voice. Ooh. And he said he hung up the phone and started bawling like a baby because... Because he realized he didn't even know his own daughter anymore. Mm. And uh, so he talks about that stuff that normally you wouldn't hear Austin talk about. He continues to talk about their relationship. And he says that their relationship is better today. But it's not what it should be. And you can see the pain and regret on Stone Cold's face when he talks about him. Because greatness, Amber, requires personal sacrifice. It does. And you can't get to the top like Austin, the way he did, this mediocre rise to fame like he did without sacrificing some things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. He talked about the walkout when he walked out on Vince McMahon in the WWF. He talked about that. And uh, so it was great. And these documentaries are just so intriguing to me. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the other men profiled because... Wrestling is one of those things that a lot of these wrestlers have tragic endings, tragic stories. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't really have a tragic ending, but a lot of these wrestlers that will be featured did. Yes. So I'm interested to see how that all uh, turns out. But Stone Cold Steve Austin, man... Uh, took the company mainstream. I mean, he arrived at a struggling promotion because when he arrived in 1996 at WWF, it was very cartoonish. Oh, my word. It was just not... uh, It was hard to watch. It was past its glory days. Yeah, 96. I think at the time he came, that was everything you did not want wrestling to be. And Stone Cold took it from being very cartoonish to giving wrestling an edge and a touch of realism. Mm -hmm. I mean, he blurred the lines of what's real and what's not. Well, he made you believe that everything that was happening was sincerely happening. And then there was the Austin versus McMahon feud. Oh, it don't get no better now. Which is the greatest feud of all time. Uh, the owner of the company uh, taking on the blue-collar Redneck. <laughs> I mean, here's this billionaire, Vince McMahon, getting in the ring and getting his butt kicked by Stone Cold. <laughs> trying to kick him. Remember when they had the, uh, was it at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and he's trying to kick him through the, uh, was that when they were still using the big blue cage? No, it was, a, it, yeah. <laughs> still try- but they painted it black. Billionaire sitting here kicking a man. <laughs> kicking a man, but... They were looking for, because Stone Cold was so popular and so over with the crowd, they were looking for a villain for him to fight with, and they couldn't find anybody on that level that Mm -hmm. he was on. So Vince McMahon, the owner himself, said, I'll feud with him. And it (laughs) happened organically, how the whole Austin-McMahon feud came together, but... Only wrestling fans know what it was like to grow up watching that feud, and it don't get no better than that. The crowd reactions that Stone Cold would get... I mean, when you heard that glass break, you knew something was going to happen. JR, business is about to pick up, guys. Well, and you would stop what you were doing and you would pay attention because you knew if Stone Cold was on the TV, Mm -hmm. you knew something was going to happen. Something big. Somebody's getting whooped. Somebody's getting whooped and the intensity is about to go from 50 to 100 real quick. Oh, it's going to 150. So, I was a big big, uh, fan of the documentary. So, uh, 
we all know that wrestling, the outcomes are predetermined. But I really hate it when people say wrestling is fake because wrestling is not fake. No. The storylines that we see is very theatrical, yes. Well, we got to keep your attention some way. But these bumps and these maneuvers that these uh, athletes are applying are real. Mm -hmm. Now, they'll teach you in school how to apply the moves and not hurt people, Mm -hmm. but that's still, there's still no way. To get around falling on a mat, what that does to your spine, your back, your shoulders, the they get thrown around sometimes like a pincushion. Uh, like little rag dolls. Like rag dolls. I, I think that's actually what Terry said to us. Remember, we asked her about uh, the late great China shaking her. It's like ra- she said, shook me like a rag doll. Yeah, she said she was so sore and how, mm-hmm. and she said it hurt her. And just imagine that was a shake. Yes. And you know we're watching, you know people. Jump off cages, McFoley. <laughs> jump off a hundred foot cage. No, I guess it wasn't a hundred foot. What was it? I don't know, but yeah, he jumped off or fell off. A, I got guess thrown off a cage. Got thrown off a cage. There's no way to fake that. No, you can't fake that. So he th- fell through a piece of wood. If I fall and I hit like an extension cord on the floor, I'm out. It was so passe. It's just so passe when people say wrestling is fake. Well, stop. All I have to say is give me about a year and then come tell me it's fake and it, and we'll see. Exactly. I'm so glad that I'll have somebody who's in the business. To which is Amber. Everybody knows that Amber's going to wrestling school. Uh, to to vouch for that. Oh yeah. Because uh, I, I, it really irritates me when they're like, uh, it's fake. Because I'll get David Schultz to slap you like he did that reporter at twenty twenty. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, I can't wait to watch the rest of these documentaries. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome to California. Where every night it's on, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. This is Radio Broadcast 100, a celebratory moment for all of us here, me, Amber, and the fans. Amber, we started off the show last week talking about senior prom, seniors getting ready for prom, because it's about that time for people to get prepped for that. Yeah. Well... It's almost time. School is almost out. That time of year has come again. That last day of school feeling is starting to set in. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the last day of school before on the show, how there is no other feeling like it. Mm-mm. How everything smells better, everything looks better, everything feels better. On you the, like everybody a little bit more. A little bit more on the last day of school. And you know what's also funny about the last day of school? If you can revert yourself back to those days, uh, let's say in middle school and high school even, uh, you felt like you were invincible. Yeah. You felt like you could do anything, say anything to uh-huh. anybody. And I'm talking teachers or, yep. or, or people you didn't like at school that you hated all year. Yep. And you felt invincible. You felt like you could say it. Uh-huh. You felt like you, you were just bulletproof on the last day of school. Yes. Don't, don't you Don't you wish you could have that last day of school confidence every day? I'd get whooped if I had the last day of school confidence every day. <laughs> I'd be walking around flipping everybody off. But yes. And, uh, uh, but... When school ends, teachers, they they have their little summer vacation. And I tell you, it's always weird when you see teachers out on summer vacation, yeah, too. Yeah, that always just freaked me out. It did, because teachers are supposed to live in the school. Yeah, they stay at the school. After school's over, they go into their classroom and go to sleep, don't they? Yeah, they just turn off. 
Right. <laughs> Teachers don't have lives. <laughs> I had a teacher in high school. Uh, she was telling a story about running into a student at Walmart one time. Mm-hmm. And she said that she had on a pair of shorts. And she said that uh, the student went up to her and said, uh, Hey, Miss Proudmore, I didn't know you wore shorts. <laughs> and she said, Yeah, teachers have legs, too. Oh, my word. So I thought that was pretty funny. But don't we always kind of do that? Like, I'm a college professor, so I feel like that a lot of times people don't humanize me. No. A, a lot of my students. And, and it's okay. Um, it's okay that people think that I'm a robot to my students <laughs> because that's just how students are with their teachers. They think oh, how that, wrong they are. How wrong they are because we do have lives. But, uh, it's yeah, how wrong they are. <laughs> <laughs> Social media, I feel like, has helped. Humanize teachers a lot. Yes. Because you get to see what they're like outside of the classroom. Because back in the day, you only got to see what teachers were like from 8 to 3. Yep. Unless you lived near them, or which ran, was always weird. Or ran into them. You lived near a teacher, didn't you? Didn't you I live lived next near door? a few, and it was weird. Did you go into their house? I went into to one. I went into our sixth grade teacher's house um, mm-hmm. because she lived right beside my grandmother. And yeah. I remember going over there thinking, wow. <laughs> oh, I'm in the zone now. I'm in. I'm in the in crowd now. So, did you think it was weird that when you went over there, they they did normal things like watch TV and stuff? Well, she did nothing normal. <laughs> so she was very abnormal. She she just fed into that narrative I already had in my head of teachers are weird. But yeah, teachers think, aren't weird. I should say that. I think social media though it has helped humanize teachers because we do get to see them be people. I mean, but in a sense, you know, still, you know. I went, I went back to college, you know, as an adult, and I realized, uh, you know, through being, you know, being so close to you, you know, you are a college professor, and I have college professors now, so, like, I remember, like, going back thinking, okay, don't be rude to this person, because I would whoop somebody that was rude to Banks. Don't be rude <laughs> to this person, I'd whoop somebody that's rude to Banks. And, like... I ended up realizing that, you know, the first my first stint in college, you know, I did not connect with any of my, my teachers. Like, no, nah, I didn't need to, didn't want to. And then when I went back, I had a whole new appreciate you know, appreciation for these people. So I ended up forming, you know, friendships with a lot of them. But it was because I had someone so close to me that was an educator. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad that you do treat, yeah, treat your teachers well, folks. Treat your professors well. Uh, but... You know what might be better than the last day of school? What? Field trips. Ooh, Corden, where are you going? I don't care. It don't <laughs> matter. You're getting out of school. You're going on a field trip. But uh, it was, field trips were a whole mood. It was a whole vibe because yeah. uh, you had to ride the bus over there with the class. And you again, that's a situation and a time when you feel invincible and you can do anything and not get in trouble. And we definitely did a lot of things on those yes, buses. Yes, we did a lot of... <laughs> inappropriate things on and things buses. that would not fly in 2021 i'll tell you that no we actually it's funny didn't we talk about this just the other day what we did on one of those field trips i'm pretty sure we did <laughs> well not what we did but what other people used to do, used to do on, yeah. on we remember y'all field trips were fun uh, unless you forgot your permission slip yeah and then you couldn't go and guess who always forgot the permission <laughs> slip do you i got so good at forging my mommy's name <laughs> my mom and my dad like i'd be on there because my mom used to do this weird thing where she didn't know how to write cursive i don't know why she did it stupid um she used to make her l look like an h so i was like okay i can do that i can write stupid right now so did you sign report cards too no i didn't do that but let me tell you who i would get to do it my granny because my granny would be like don't tell you daddy oh she would sign your dad's yeah. name no she would sign her name she 
she would sign it because it just needed to be a parent or a guardian. And we know my parents weren't parents, so my grandparents were. Uh, so my granny got to sign my report card, and she would, but now she'd look at me. Mm. Who signed yours? I'm just curious. My now. mom did. Okay. My mom. And I, I got C's. And I, let me just say this. C's get degrees. The C's get degrees. And my I, it took a while for my mom to understand because <clears throat> my mom, she used to compare me and my sister a lot. Yeah. Sarah, my sister, straight A student. Mm-hmm. Smart. Smart as they come. Smart. And my mom wanted me to be the same way. And, well... She wanted me to make the grades like Sarah did. Yeah. But school, as I wasn't a big fan of being a student. Never have been. And look at you teaching. I'm teaching. I like being on the other side, yeah. but I hate being a student. Well, because, you know, everybody's not meant to be good at everything. And, they, you know, they used to push all that stuff on us. Right. But, uh, yes, field trips, last day of school, uh, nothing better than that. So... I'm jealous of the kids and the teenagers that get to have that feeling. But are his school school's in right now, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, they get that last day of school feeling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know if I would want to be in school with a mask on. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, I think on our way over here, we looked up, saw a little girl with her mask on. And, oh, that made me so sad to see that little baby sitting there in a bus with a mask. Oh. <laughs> and we know we know what goes on on those buses. Yeah, so I guess I probably would have worn a mask back then if I'd have had the option. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've probably been seeing uh, advertisements from the Radio Lex website. We have a fundraiser going on happening all week. And we want to uh, just announce, if you want to donate, please go to radiolex.us and you can make a donation. Uh, it would really help the station. It would help off the cuff and we would really appreciate it. Uh, you can listen to all of our radio broadcast, all of our episodes that we've ever done of Off the Cuff, all 358 episodes. Even though this is Radio Broadcast 100, we still have 358 episodes of this show. And it's all on iTunes, and it's free. It's free. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, Google Podcast, iHeart Podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to Off the Cuff. It's free. Subscribe. You get all of our former episodes or previous episodes on demand. Uh, it's a, you know, just popping in uh, headphones, listening to Off the Cuff. It's a good pastime, Amber. Oh, yeah. Even if you just listen to make fun of us, just go right ahead and give us a listen. Oh, people do make fun of us <laughs> because if you do go to iTunes and you read some of the comments, they talk about my grammar. They talk about my grammar. I'm pretty it's sure. my grammar. I, I don't know because the things that they said that. They say that I say seen and saw wrong. They called me out on that. And well, I, this ain't off the cuff with grammar. I, <laughs> I mean, boys, let's get serious. Country grammar. But <laughs> I, I will say that I have always said seen and saw wrong my entire life. I just can't not, I can't get those correct. Yeah. Like I seen that or I saw that. I just, I can't get it straight. You know, how about I synced it and <laughs> irregardless is 110% a word. Look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> but also, uh, if you want, you can follow the co-host Amber on social media on at Ambu447 and at Get Moving Weight Loss. And at Get Moving Weight Loss. And you can also follow me, the host, at the Adam Banks, you can follow Off the Cuff at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Radio Broadcast 100 of Off the Cuff. 
It's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to do a hundred more. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you next Thursday with another live episode from 4 to 5. We'll catch you down the road. When I feel I've been replaced, when I'm birthed from myself.